Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, now, check this out. The third stage is bargaining. Oftentimes, Christians will bargain with God. For example, we'll say things like, uh, God, if you get me out of this, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. We'll say things like, I'll be a better person if. Mm-hmm. And we do things like this in hopes of turning the events around. Then you can also begin bargaining with yourself. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. She began trying to negotiate. The problem is, is you're negotiating with a terrorist. Because grief is a terrorist. You already learned it wants you when you're happy, and it wants you when you're not. It's a terrorist. Do you understand this? Okay. So you can't adequately negotiate with a terrorist because you know what a terrorist will do? A terrorist will just blow themselves up. So trying to bargain with a terrorist isn't really wise because it'll just say, no, I don't want to do it. Fourth stage is depression. This is the feeling of giving up and not caring anymore. People that are in this depression stage often report a feeling of feeling numb. It's depressed. Anybody ever been there? It's been depressed. It's like, oh, Lord, I, Lord, I'm tired. Every day I get up, everything coming after me. You singing old slave spirituals. It's not that bad. 
When you're depressed, you stop caring about what you look like. You stop caring about how you dress. You stop trying to look about you. Don't even you have to take showers. You have to what you just, just. I sprayed. I'm fresh. Uh, yeah. Just, God knows my heart, mm -hmm, but he don't understand that stink. He knows your heart, but he don't understand stink. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't be offended. Just wash up. <laughs> Won't he do it? <laughs> Fifth stage. All right, that's this, because it's going to get real good. It's going to get real good. It's going to get real good. Fifth stage is acceptance. Acceptance, this is the last stage of grief recovery. This is when the individual accepts that the event has happened and makes a conscious decision and wants this to move on. So-and-so did this. Okay, I got to move on. How long are you going to continue to let them continue to do it to you because you continue to stay in anger thinking that you being angry is punishing them? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, it, it just finally says, listen, I accept that that's reality. And I accept the fact that I got to move forward. Because if I stay stuck right here, this will be the end of my story. And I've been through too much hell. Cried too many tears for this to be the I'm not going out like this. It's an acceptance. It's an acceptance. You got that? Now watch this. Y'all ready for it to get good? Okay, so here's the second step. Here's the second step. If handled properly, grief can make you wiser. Ecclesiastes 1.18. Ecclesiastes 1.18. Ecclesiastes 1.18. If handled properly, grief can make you wiser. Isn't that a trip, though, the paradox? That flipped me out. I was like, wow. Ecclesiastes 1.18. You got it? It says, for in much wisdom is much what? Grief. And he who increases in knowledge increases in sorrow. Check this out. Can I help you understand something? Grief introduces you to yourself. You know all these other people and you know all these other friends and you got all these other acquaintances, but you often don't even know you and you don't really discover the real you until you're at the, okay. You don't discover the real you until you're at the rock bottom because it's at the rock bottom where you can't put ladies, no makeup on it. Maybelline ain't going to cover this up. Mac ain't going to cover this up. You ain't going to be able to pry this one up. You ain't going to be able to fake nobody out because when you're sitting there trying to put together the broken pieces of your life you... grief introduces you to yourself I don't know the real you until you go through hell because when you go through hell that's telling me what the real you is all about anybody can shout when they just got a breakthrough but not everybody can shout when they're walking through the very valley of the shadow of death but I think it's some people in here that said, Bishop, I've been through hell and I came out licking an ice cream. Hell's thrown everything it's had at you, but you're still here and you're still standing. What's this? But you, you, grief introduced you to yourself. That's the real you. That, that's the real you. Is in grief. That, that's the real you. Can, can, can I help you understand something? As Christians, the scripture says he always calls us to triumph. Now, so that means all we do is what? Win. Which means with God, even a loss is a win. But check this out. Even a loss is a win. 
You missed it. Which means the process of Christianity is going to require some losses. See, maybe you were sold a bill of goods that makes you think that this is supposed to be a journey where you never, ever lose anything. But you don't even understand the very basic fundamental of Christianity. Please understand. Uh, touch your neighbor and say, learn how to lose. Christianity is based off of the, process of the principle of the cross, which means I got to kill the lesser to get the greater. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Because if he always causes us to triumph, uh, it, but a loss with God is a win, but a loss is still a loss. You didn't hear what I just said, which means it's going to be sometimes where you prayed and fasted and you did this and you did that, and you still look at it and say, well, it still looks like a loss. But I got to understand the principle of the cross. I got to crucify the lesser so I can get the greater bishop. What is it that you're trying to say? Uh, you got to crucify Jesus to save the world. I, 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 Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I got to crucify one in order to get two. I got to give to get. I got to give up to gain. Everything is based on killing something to get something better. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying, which means when you feel like you're in a loss, you better start shouting, Bishop, why? Because if he killed Jesus to get the world, whatever it is that you lost, he's got something greater. Because he always causes us to triumph, which means even a loss with God still is a win, but it's still a loss. You, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't get that. You didn't get that. I need to slow that down. Say, touch your neighbor. Say, learn how to lose. Are you a good loser? Do, do you lose well? Now, I'm, I'm competitive. Anybody else like that? I, I'll enjoy winning. Uh, you know, in our church, we, we have a tradition of, y'all know what I'm getting ready to talk about. I'm still in a grieving process. <laughs> I think I'm still in denial. So. <laughs> so now, for several years, except the year before last, the t my team won. We have an annual football game. And it's a big deal here. It's a big, big deal. It is the Super Bowl of Christianity. We report these winnings to the entire world. You understand? And uh, uh, so, so my team had won for years and years and years. And then, um, uh, and then year four last, my team didn't win. Now, now, in all fairness, that morning I had played a, a very intense and vigorous game. No, I did. Of volleyball. <laughs> or not volleyball, of tennis. No, I did. And so, no, I did. No, it's important to note that. Because I was tired and I didn't know it. So I'm sitting here trying to cue the game and I'm just, I ain't moving, I ain't, I ain't I'm just standing. And after the game, I said, God, dog, I sure was tired. Nonetheless, my team didn't come out victorious that year. That's why we haven't played since. But now the thing is, <laughs> I'm just joking. I like to win. I'm not very good at basketball. I know we got tons of men in our church that are wonderful. But I mean, could, could make LeBron and Kobe Nim and all of just look like, you know, whatever, all this. That's great. I'm not good at basketball. I tried. Now I'm a good coach. Now I can holler and it, come on, get in the game. Get in the I can mess with the refs the whole nine. I can, you understand? 
But for whatever reason, that just ain't no grace on me for that. That's why we don't play no basketball games here at the church. Amen. You want to have your own rules about sports? Start your own church stand. You can do what you want to do. <laughs> no, here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. I'm being funny. Here's the point. Um, one of the things that we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to lose well. And I know that almost sounds uh, antithetical to the biblical principles, but remember, with God, even what appears as a loss is still a win, but it's still a loss. He crucifies the lesser so he can get the greater. You got to crucify average so excellent can live. You got to crucify broke so prosperous can live. You got to crucify depression so joy can live. You got to crucify dysfunction so function can live. Now, but, but it's grief that introduces you to yourself. And the scripture says, for in much wisdom is much grief. Which means as much grief as your neighbor been through, they ought to be wise. Which means, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Let's stop making the same mistakes like we didn't already know. Does that make sense? You already know. You, you already know. So let's not do the same thing. Now, here, here's, here's the third principle. Then this is going to make me shout. Third one. Y'all ready? If handled properly, grief can get you double. Now, if there's anybody that knows something about grief, Job knows something about grief. Job 42. Come on, Tonto. Let's ride. Job 42. Verse number one. Now, for those of you who don't know the story about Job. <laughs> First name, Steve. <laughs> this is being funny. Job, here is Job. Job, here's the thing. Just now I'm going to call him Job. Say Job. Job. Now, here's the trip. Job, in chapter one, there is a meeting amongst the sons of God, which is a Hebrew idiom for the angels. The angels come together to meet. Satan's there, and uh, God asks Satan a question. They're getting ready to have a staff meeting. And in the staff meeting, God says to Satan, he says, where have you been? Now, God doesn't ask questions to find out stuff. Can I just help you understand something? Every time God asks you something, he's just making sure you answer right. He's not answering to find out. Do you understand that? He's, he's omniscient, omni-all-knowing. Now, check this out. There's a staff meeting, and... Um, uh, the Lord says to Satan, Hasetan in the Hebrew, the adversary. He says, uh, where you been, boy? He says, uh, uh, I've been, you know, walking back and forth on the earth, you know, just doing my thing, trying to uh, seek whom I can devour. You know, I'm like a roaring lion, but I'm not the lion. But, you know, them Christians, them church folks, oh, think I'm something, but, you know, I, you know. <laughs> then the Lord volunteers Job. He says, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> now, initially, if you don't know the next part of the story, you're like, ain't that a blessing? Ooh-wee. <laughs> Job. Job was a rich man. The scripture says he was, he was, he was a very rich man. He, had a, he, he was prosperous. He had a lot of posterity also. The Bible says that Job would give offerings for his children. The Bible says that they just had a flat foot going on. And, 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 and God says, have you considered him? And Satan responds and says, well, here's the deal. 
You got a heads of protection around him, so you know I can't just do what I want to do. You know how this works, God. You know I got to get permission from you. You missed it. God played Satan to make him ask. He says, you made a hedge around him, and, and you're blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Put up verse 11 so you can see it real quick. But, but now, look, look, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and I guarantee you, he's going to cuss you to your face. You missed it. God played the enemy because the whole time God said, I got to crucify lesser because, Job, I want to give you greater. Satan couldn't do what he just wanted to do. See, you need to stop giving the devil so much credit. I'm so sick of church folk. If your God is God, then talk about him. Stop talking. The devil is the devil that shut that noise up. You serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Stop giving more credit to the enemy than you do to your God. God played the devil to make him ask. He says, so, so, oh, you want him? Oh, okay. He said, listen, you can, touch, you can touch everything he has. You just can't mess with him. First day, Job gets bad message after bad message after bad message after bad message. He gets so bad, the Bible says Job just falls to his knees and he worships. He didn't even know what to say. He couldn't even pray. Check that out. It was so painful. I mean, one message was his kids just died. The next message was this just happened. All of this is happening back to back to back to back to back. And the scripture says that it happens like this. As one was coming and one was going, another one was coming. And as one was coming, in other words, he didn't even get a moment to process. You ever had so much stuff going on, you ain't even been able to process what it is that you've been dealing with and been going through? Because the moment you wake up and say, okay, I'm going to deal with this, all of a sudden you got another. Am I talking to anybody? Apparently I ain't got no real folk in here. I wish I had a church full of some real folk that knew what I was talking about. I ain't even had time to process. I don't even know what happened to me. I ain't even had time to process it yet. And that's day one. Say day one. Well, then the scripture says there's another day. So Job worship. Then there's another day, and they come for another staff meeting. And then they do a status report. What's going on with Job? Oh, well, you know, he ain't cussed you yet. But uh, that's because you ain't touched his body. I bet you if he start going through some stuff with him, because that was his stuff. I bet you if you do something to him. I, I, bet you, I bet you if you let me do that, he, he's gonna, he's gonna, he, this is going to be it. He's going to curse you to your face. I'm going to prove it to you. So you know what the Lord does? Okay. What is it that was so special about Job that God could trust him with trouble? Some of you sitting up cursing at your storm. Can I ask you something? What is it that's so special about you that God said, I know this one can go through that. And I know they're going to come out better. Maybe you ain't so jacked up as you think. Maybe you're not as messed up as you think. Maybe your God can trust you more than you even know how to trust yourself. So that's day one. Then day two, Bible says it got real bad for him in his body. He, he was taking a pot shared and scraping boils off his body. He goes through some things. And then through the rest of the book of Job, it's basically Job's grieving process. Basically from chapter two to chapter 42, He's grieving. That's a whole lot of chapters to be grieving. 
And Job goes, you can see his highest. Job would be like, blessed be the name of the Lord. And the next one, Job is like, Lord, how did you even let me be born? Then Job goes to church on Sunday. Oh, hallelujah, bless the Lord. This is turning for my good. It's working together. It's working together for my good. Then on Monday, oh, Lord, just, would you just curse my mama and daddy and curse everybody? Why, just curse them. Why did they even have me? He's grieving. Say he's grieving. And it takes Job, because watch this, it takes him approximately 40 chapters to grieve. And part of that reason for the delay is because he had three friends that he should have told to shut up. See, the reason some of y'all stuff is taking so long is because God says, I ain't going to give birth to that with them in the room. You got too many friends that mean well, but they don't know better. And they got lots of opinions and lots of you should do this and you should do that. Well, if you ain't paying for nothing, it's quiet in this church. Would you tweet me online and say you shouting so that way at least I can feel good today? <laughs> no, I'm going to feel fine either way. Uh, Job 42, now you ready? Now this is going to shout me. Now if y'all don't shout, that's cool. I'm fine. Job 42. So he's grieving. Now in this process of grief, he learns some things. He learns the principle of commanding his day. Didn't we learn that at the beginning of the year? When he's sitting there asking God, how could he let this happen? How could you let? God is like, listen. When did, when, when did you command your day? You sitting up here acting like a victim when I gave you dominion. The only reason that's happening is because you letting it happen. I give you the keys to heaven and, and whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And what, You the reason that's happening. Doesn't ever say you are not a victim. I just don't understand. I understand it's because you won't take authority. And God says, I'm waiting on you to stand up and take authority. Job 42, here it is, verse 1. Y'all ready to walk it out? Then Job answered the Lord. Now, watch this. This whole time, Job asked the Lord a lot of questions because he's grieving. He goes through depression, denial. Then Job makes a real interesting statement I don't have time to teach about today. I've told on it before. He says, the thing I feared the most comes upon me, which is interesting because it would suggest that sometimes, sometimes, if, if sometimes, sometimes, such a name say sometimes. Sometimes the only way to not have a fear of something is to let it happen. And then when it happens, you can say, oh, I'm still here. I didn't die. I, I still got my right mind. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Some of y'all, you were saying, oh, my God, if my credit gets bad, oh, my God. And then your credit got bad. But guess what? You're still here. Guess what? You're still making it. Oh, God, if they take the car, oh, God, if they take the car. Well, they took it. But you still found a way to get to where you needed to go. Sometimes the antidote to a fear of failure is failure. Sometimes the antidote to a fear of loss is loss. When you didn't lost money, child, when you lose it later on, you're like, ain't nobody's got time for that. Ain't no. <laughs> when you didn't have folk, you thought beat up ever walk out on you? When somebody threatens you with that, like, oh. Matter of fact, you, I'll help you. Oh, cause you, I, you must not know about me. 
must not know about me. I can get another you in a minute. Matter of fact, went on Amazon. They'll be here any minute. It's quiet in this church. When, when you've lost, when you've lost, it loses its power. That's why you ought to be the most fearless harvester up in the place. Because am I talking to anybody that's lost some stuff? That's why you shouldn't be scared. Because you lost it, but you're still here. That's why I'm not fearful. That's why I'm not scared. If you've ever had to file bankruptcy, you ain't scared of being broke. You ever been in a car accident, you ain't scared to drive in the snow. Ain't scared. What about so-and-so? I don't know. What about it? I ain't scared. When you done been lied on, you ain't worried about somebody lying on you. Oh, oh that what they, that's what they saying now? Oh, okay. Well, so-and-so said this. Oh, really? That's what they said? Oh, okay. I ain't scared of that. When you done been lied on and cheated and talked about and mistreated, you ain't studying what no... It's totally irrelevant. I ain't stunning you. Well, so-and-so feels this. So-and-so should go take a prayer pill before they... They don't scare me. So-and-so don't like you. F so-and-so. What you mean, Bishop? Forgive them. Forgive them. I borrowed that one from Cleveland. If you offended, F you. I forgive you. <laughs> Nobody got time for that. Oh, I'm just offended. Bye. And when you want to be real, come on back. When you didn't have family folk betray you, you ain't scared of that. But a family saying this, okay. Ms. Nordall is chatting. She says she ain't never scared and she's still here. There it is. Okay, I got to get to the scripture. Here's the point. Job makes this statement where he says, the thing he feared the most comes upon him. Well, sometimes, sometimes, somebody say sometimes. Sometimes the way to get over the fear of something is for that thing to happen. Do you know how they immunize you from getting the flu? Is they give it to you. They keep you from getting the flu by giving you a dose of it. So that your body, watch this, can build up immunity to it. See, for some of you, the last few years of your life, you've been going through some stuff. And God said, that's because I'm building up your immunity. Because where I'm taking you and where you're going, you ain't got time to worry about petty stuff. You ain't got time to be trying to track down every hater. You ain't got time for that. So I'm giving you some immunity to it. Job 42, I got to read, I got to read. <coughs> Y'all so helping me because... <coughs> Job 42, 1, then Job, so go, he goes through this whole process of grief, right? And he says all these statements, and he gets mad at the Lord, and he learns a lot of stuff, because remember, grief introduces you to you. And look at verse, 40, uh, uh, verse 1. 
It says, then Job answered the Lord and said, check this out. Finally, he got it. Tell somebody, say, he's at the acceptance stage. Look what he says. I know that you can do everything. See, some of you, God says, you lost your can't I do what I want to do when I do it. God says, for some of you, you lost with God all things are possible. And you started putting him in the box of your probabilities. Job says, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Verse 3. Come on, keep it going. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Check out what he's doing, y'all. He's in the process of repentance. He's saying, Lord, forgive me for talking about what I didn't know about. Forgive me for saying you were wrong when the truth is you were right the whole time. Forgive me for fighting those who you sent to help me. He, he says, therefore, I uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. God said, you've been talking a lot about me, but you didn't know me. And your grieving process has just introduced you not only to yourself, but your grieving process has finally introduced you to the God you've been praying to, to the God you've been given to. Job said, I heard about you, but now I see you. I dare you to have five, two or three people and say, I know him now, I know him now. Yeah, I know he's the friend that's sticking closer than the brother because your brother had to walk out. I know he's the person. I, I know that 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 I know because grief taught me that. Grief taught me that. Grief taught me that. Verse 6. Therefore, look at what he says. I abhor myself. And I do what? Say it with me. Shout it with me. He says, and I repent, Lord. He said, this whole time I've been blaming you. He said, this whole time I've been blaming them and they and that. He says, but I finally figured out the whole time it was It's me, oh Lord. St Come on, I wish I had some old school church folk in here. It's me, oh Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. And I'm praying for myself today because I got to repent because the problem wasn't them. The problem was So now watch this. For 40 chapters, God, I feel like preaching here. For 40 chapters, he's grieving. For 40 chapters, he's sad and depressed and he's lying and he's angry and he's up and he's down and he ain't going to sleep and then he sleeps the whole day and again sitting in the house with the blinds closed. But the moment he made a decision to accept it, and repent. What does repent mean? Change direction. I was headed this way to grieve again, but I changed directions. I was headed down to a place called denial, but I changed directions. I was headed to a place called anger, but I changed. I wish I had some folk in here that said, I learned today I'm finna. 
change directions. It wasn't everybody else, player. It was you. It wasn't everybody else, daughter. It was Verse 7. Verse 7. Now, what, what did Job just do? Now I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. And so it was that after uh, the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Timonite, I've taught you on his friends before. You got it? Look what he says. My wrath, though, now Eliphaz is one of the two friends that came, to, the three friends that came to Job. I've taught you what their names mean before. He says that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Timonite, since Job finally got it, I'm about ready to execute vengeance on you. He says, my anger's hot now. See, this is why you don't need to be trying to get back and get even with folk. But I'm going to get them because they got me. Just relax. In, in fact, in fact, in fact, Teddy told you to do it like this. Just chill. Oh, God, I thought I was in the South. Just chill. Just chill. I ain't even got no voice. God says, my wrath is hot against you and your two friends. Because what you said about me wasn't true. He said, and you lied on Job, and you didn't lie on me. But notice, the Lord wasn't ready to deal with them until Job dealt with himself. Because, watch this, Shataba. Because if he does it while you're in the grieving process, you will then think that the whole time there was nothing different you could have done. I'm talking about the paradox of grief. So he says, I got to wait until you deal with yourself, Job. Look at verse 8. Now, therefore, take for yourself seven bulls, seven rams, and go to Job and give him an offering. The folk you thought were using you? Here it is. Put the verse up. Take seven bulls, seven rams. And notice the Lord says, and go to my servant Job. He, he says, you messing with me. I got two minutes. And offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job, he's going to pray for you. Check this out. For I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you lied on me, and because you lied on him. Now let's see where Job is at in the grieving process. Go to the next verse. So Eliphaz the Timonite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord... Now, I thought we were an English-speaking church. Y'all not speak the king's English here? And the Lord. 
He lost everything in chapter 1, everything in chapter 2. But when he got to the final stage of grief, and he finally did what? Changed directions. The book says, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for them crazy friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job. I guess that don't mean much to y'all because apparently you ain't lost nothing. But for those that have lost some stuff, would you, would you just hop up in your seat and shout that double's on the way? Yeah, would you shout about that? Then all his brothers and all his sisters and all those acquaintances came to his comeback party. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, you about to have a comeback party. Uh-huh. Uh, you better lift up your head. You better stop walking around feeling sorry for yourself. God says, I got something for you. I got something for you. Watch this. They came and ate food with him in his house. It sounds like a party to me. Say it sounds like a party. All the folks that were saying, well, you must have been doing something wrong. That's why you lost everything. I like that. It's a party over here. I like that. Watch this. And they consoled him and comforted him for the, all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Now, now here's the part I like. I was my bishop, I was listening to him and, and I said, I said, God, uh, read that last sentence there. Each one. Since God is no respecter of persons, what he's done for Job, he will do it. I dare you to just lift your hands and say, it's a party over here. Say double. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, for everybody saying, Bishop, it ain't all about stuff. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> it's not all about stuff. Job had a lot of stuff, and that stuff was lost. It's not all about stuff. But understand this. The scripture makes it very clear that God delights when his kids do well. It's not all about stuff. It's not about material things. No, not at all. At the same time. 
I love the fact that I serve a God and we serve a God that when it looks like it's all lost. I said that when it looks like it's all lost. God says, all I was doing was killing the lesser so you could get the greater. Everybody stand on your feet with me. Hallelujah. 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 Job grieved y'all for 40 some chapters. And finally he says, forgive me, Lord. It was me. That's not to say that somebody else couldn't have done something better. No, 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 no. But I can't control them. I, I don't have nothing to do with that. I can only do what I can do with me. Job said, Lord, forgive me for having the intestinal fortitude, the unmitigated gall to come to you and say to you how you let this happen. The scripture says in the Job's latter days were greater. Latter just means after. You not hear what I'm saying. Which, which means it don't, you don't have to spend 40 chapters grieving. You don't have to spend 40 years grieving. You don't have to. It just means after. And after Job handled his grief properly, he got double. Once he stopped blaming everybody else, once he even stopped blaming those friends, once he stopped all of that, the book says the Lord ensured that those days after that were greater. <laughs> now, I just want to do this real quickly. <clears throat> If, if you've lost some stuff or people or health or anything, you lost anything in the last 12 months, I want you to throw your hand up quickly. Now, do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, leave it up. I want you to say this to me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today I discovered I don't have to grieve for 40 chapters. When Job, come on, say it with me. When Job handled his grieving properly, instantly, instantly, you restored. When Job stopped blaming others, you restored. When Job started praying for those that were against him, you restored. Double. If you did it for him, I believe you can do it for me. 
Therefore, in this moment, I repent. I change directions. Forgive me for blaming you. For, forgive me for blaming others. I accept that it's over. It's behind me. I make a conscious decision to move on. And right now, I pray for them. And I pray for those that were against me, that talked about me, that ridiculed me, that lied on me, that betrayed me. Because I've got to collect my double. I release the anger, the bitterness, the frustration, and the pain. Nobody, including me, will stop my double. In Jesus' name. Harvest, if you believe what you pray. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.